Do you guys have like a person whose only job it is is to hang stuff on the wall? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I, we just made a new house and like hanging stuff for my wife. Like I hate it. It's just annoying. Yeah. And then you put on something cricket or something yeah. and you have to fucking redo it again. Stud finders like never work right. That's why I always have two stud finders. I keep one here in the office uh-huh. and I keep one at my house. Yeah. So when everyone needs something here, I'm like, oh yeah, I do have a stud finder. <laughs> but yeah, it's all the time they don't work. <laughs> yeah. They're very annoying. I hung a picture of my house the other day and it was like that far off and it kind of bugs me, but I'm, I know no one can tell that that picture yeah. is slightly crooked on that one corner. Right. But I'm like, do I want to put another hole in my wall to move it up? <laughs> Not really. Never do. Yeah. It was that Greg Overton Indian print. Oh yeah. Are you just naturally thin or do you like, have you been on a cut or anything? No, I've been, I'm naturally like this way. Okay. If I stop working out, like the highest I ever got in my life was 212. I was okay. really trying to eat everything possible and like just lifting every single day. So yeah. I never ran. And I moved down here to Vegas and just started playing basketball again. And I was instantly back down to like 180. Okay. Just had to lose everything. Wow. My body just. See, I gain weight unless I'm actively trying not to. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Like right now, I guarantee I'm just losing weight just sitting here. <laughs> Dude, I've been the same weight since I was a senior in high school. Like I literally have not changed. Like 175, 180 pounds. Yeah. That's well, usually I, what I, I weigh all the time. I played basketball and I was six five, one sixty five in high school. That was my weight. Oh my gosh! Okay, and, I, and so like they were literally paying me. My coach would pay me to go to like Golden Corral. Yeah, like all these <laughs> different food places get like all these giant like concrete like milkshake shape yeah. type things, just to try to gain weight and didn't do anything. So three years ago, I weighed two hundred and fifty pounds. Damn. I weigh one seventy five now. Beast. I was really fat. Jeez, you really <laughs> cut back, huh? Oh yeah. I mean, I was obese. <laughs> like, if you look at the numbers, I was, like, technically obese. Obese. Yeah. Obese. yeah. Hmm. I've battled obesity and won. According, I don't know if I ever believe any of this stuff, but according to my Garmin watch, it says I have a fitness age of a 28-year-old. Oh, nice. Is that – which like watch me. is that? What? Just like me. I'm yeah. 28. Uh, Phoenix 6. Okay. Where Where is it? Oh, I'll show you. Is it on your phone? Yeah, you have to go, like, the once you click the app, you click in the heart. Okay, let's see. I wonder how old I am. Garmin Connect. You guys both got the same watch? Yeah. Go- I have a Phoenix 7, but same, basically. Yeah, mine's, you click the heart, and then down at the bottom says fitness age. Wait, what heart? Oh, you know, with, oh, I have to probably add it on there. So, how do you add this bottom thing? Stats. Hmm. Like, you can add more down at the bottom. There's different custom things you can have. Oh, here you go, fitness age. Yep. 28.5. Heck yeah. How old are you? 35. Yeah, we're like, it's basically the same. Nice. Okay, I feel good about myself. Yeah, I'm 36. Mine's, what did I say, 28? 28 and a half? 28. Like nice, guys. Proud of you both. <laughs> We're the same age as you, fitness wise. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Well, ne- Neville's is probably the opposite. He's probably Mine's 36. 35. <laughs> 30. Really, really old. Here, I keep seeing. It's his three. Yeah, it's his three. I just turn it down a touch. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. All so right, Brady. Learn something new every day. All right. We'll we'll get more into this into the podcast. Yeah, we'll dive into that. But we're back. Another episode of the Big Hunt Guys podcast. Not sure what episode this is. Nope. We never are, really. Never, never know. But got Chris Neville here. We got Hunter McWater. McWater, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Name, okay. <laughs> Messing to, up the name trying right to, off Trying, trying to think of too many things at once. <laughs> I was like, I need to roll into it. Talk about the Hunter's Quest right away. That's all good, man. But yeah, good to have you here, buddy. Yeah, man, it's really good to be here. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and this is going to be kind of a 
a co co share podcast. Yes. So it'll appear on Big Hunt Guys podcast and also your podcast, mm-hmm. which is the Hunter Quest. Yeah, the Hunter's Quest. Yeah, it's kind of a play on words because it's my name, but it's also like the Hunter. You know, right? Not like just me, obviously. So yeah, nice. I'm, I'm excited for this co-release podcast too. Yeah, Swapcast. Swapcast. Old school. Yes, mm. this is how we're we're gonna grow together. Yeah, we got to get our audiences collaborate. For sure. Collabs for sure. always crush. Yeah, yep. and dude, I've been. I mean, I've been using Go Hunt since the beginning as an insider. So. Um, so, you know, recently partnering up with you guys and coming out here, it's been super cool. So, yeah. How long have you been doing your podcast for? Podcast has been about a year and a half. Um, I started <clears throat> like right around COVID time, um, that January, um, I was in a job where I was working from home a lot and I just got back from my first backcountry trip, um, the year before and, uh, thought I could have a unique kind of spin in the space and um and just started really just to like kind of get my foot in the door network with people learn and um then it's kind of evolved into doing more film stuff because i have a background in tv and um yeah just made some great connections along the way and uh this year kind of going full full send and um you know praying that uh in the next year or two it'll be self-sustaining Otherwise, nice. it's going to have to figure something else yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't checked it out, anyone listening to this definitely yeah. needs to go over there. Yeah, the Hunter's Quest. Yeah, I got uh, did a film from Kodiak last year that um, on my channel, it has like, I think like 200 views or something. But <laughs> <laughs> luckily, um, I, I don't even know how, but like I did a podcast with Brian Call and we kind of stayed in touch. And then I think I just sent him like a rough cut or something. Yeah. And he was like, oh man, this is really good. And we went on a hunt together and anyway, he ended up running it on gritty and which was awesome. I think it has like, I don't know, not crazy, but probably 25, 26,000 views, Mm -hmm. which is obviously way more than I would Mm -hmm. ever get on my own. So, um, so yeah, if you haven't seen that yet, definitely go check that out. It's a cool film. And then I got, uh, four film and hunt projects lined up for this year and I already got one for 23 lined up too. Nice. Nice. So you were just working like a regular, Mm Mm-hmm. Well, see, I was working at job um, before this. Yeah, I was working at CBN, the Christian Broadcasting Network. I worked there for seven years as a producer. I was a camera operator for two years, and then five years I was a producer for the Seven Hundred Club. And we would do similar stuff to this. We would travel around, usually have three stories, and we'd go to people's houses, interview them. Um, it'd usually be like a testimony story, like you know they were a drug addict or went to jail or whatever, and got saved, and then. Um, shoot b-roll and the whole thing and um so i did that for two years as a cam op and then, then kind of got promoted and was a producer and then after that I actually went um and worked for my church um right when covid started i went and helped them launch their online ministry which it was kind of a lot of the same stuff i was the on-camera host and i was helping them produce that um and then that's then that's when i started the podcast was during that time mm-hmm. and um and it just, it's, you know, it's one of those things, like, if you're passionate about it, like, you know, it's been, like, <laughs> it sounds really bad, but it's been way more time on the podcast and stuff than my actual job. And then um, was able to put a business plan together and um, was blessed with the connection that believed in me and believed in the project to kind of help me get some startup funds so mm-hmm. I could go into it full time and really invest in what you kind of have to do and be able to come out and do stuff like this. Yep. Um Cause yeah, I mean, I did one season like with the job and doing films and like, I almost got fired. Like, but I was just like, right. I'm going like, 
you know, yeah, I need unpaid. Yeah. I went to my boss was like, I need unpaid leave for two weeks. And like, they had like this other guy and they're like, we want you to know, like, this doesn't look good. And we're like, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but I don't care. I'm going. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, so are you, um, are you putting like all these films? Are you trying to make these films on your own channel? Or are you like, like you said, you put it on gritties. I'm guessing yeah. gritty was in that hunt too, right? No, 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 that was just me and two buddies. Um, and he just, he liked it and saw something in it. And, um, so it's kind of a combination. Like, so this spring I went out, um, with Mark and Ryan and, uh, Brad and Kime, um, from peaks. And we, so I was kind of working as a contractor for Brian, um, helping to film it. Um, I also do some editing work for him. I edited one of his grizzly bear episodes, um, it's a little tough because he uses a different editing software than I do, so I had to learn a new editing software, which is pain. Um, but then, um, you know, it's it's kind of evolving. You know, I'm not exactly right. sure. Like, for example, this fall I was thinking about going. The original plan was to go with because I have a deer tag in Montana. I was going to go with those guys, but they have like you know a ton of tags to fill and two kids they want to get. So I knew I'd like, you know, I was telling you guys about this before. I'd be like last man on the totem pole right. to actually get to pull the trigger. So that's an example where I haven't figured it out yet, but it's looking like I'll probably kind of try to do my own thing. And then, um, you know, like how Remy did with Solo Hunter, like he would kind of do his own thing, produce a thing, and then like kind of uh, sell it essentially yeah, right, back yep. to Solo Hunter. Um, the Hush guys kind of do something similar. So um, I've talked to Brian about doing something like that. Um, not really sure. Just kind of taking it one step at a time yeah. and just going to try to do my best on these films. And Nice. Yeah. It's crazy how like all sorts of little random things happen. Just like how you get to kind of what you're doing right now and you're mm -hmm. just passionate about it. Like you said, you almost lost your job over how passionate <laughs> you are about trying to do this. But it's like yeah. that's the steps you got to take if you want to do anything in life. You got to take that little risk to Absolutely. push forward and like hey, it's big unknown, but like mm – -hmm. A lot of times the juice is worth a squeeze. Yeah, and you, you don't want to look back in your life and just say, like, oh, what if I tried, yeah. you know? Like, what if? Like, you can always try something and fail. And, mm -hmm. like, I, I, you know, I can – I've got a degree, you know. I'm not, like, a genius, but I'm smart enough. I can get a job doing something or just even my video background. You know, everybody needs video yeah. people these days. So, like, I'll be okay. Um, but I'd never want to look back and be like, man, you know, I could have tried it and didn't, mm -hmm. you know. Hashtag so. no regrets. Yes. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. No you, regrets. Do you know I used to have that as an arrow wrap back in the day? Oh, like, yeah. On the back really? It's like, no regrets. <laughs> Just let it fly. Just let it fly, man. No regrets. Let it rip. Nice. Just and then, and now he doesn't shoot bow anymore. Too, no, I don't too many bow. regrets. Today <laughs> <laughs> was the first time I shot my bow, and uh, I don't know if I should actually publicly say this, but I haven't shot my bow since TAC last year. Okay. You, you, yeah. just, you just wait till the year, and then start shooting again. I shot really well today. Yeah. Not bad at all. Like, How far were you guys like walking it out to? Eighty. Yeah. We went to. Yeah, yeah. I'm um I'm not really set up to shoot past like seventy five right now, and so I signed up for one of like the easier tack courses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I don't even have a hundred yard. I right. can't. I don't even mind set up for it. So um yeah, I, I'm a little worried about embarrassing myself out there, but eh, whatever. It's it tacks one of those. It's a good like <laughs> test run before hunting season. Yeah. Kind of get a feel for, you know what what's your maximum range. For sure. And hopefully it builds confidence going into the hunting season that you. Yeah. I don't have any archery hunts this year. Um, I'm like I said, you know, I'm pretty new. So like I've kind of intentionally been like holding off on some of the archery stuff, like just kind of build up some of my other skills, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, and I, right now I'm like, I'm just at the point where I'm totally fine with rifle hunting and yeah. 
rifle's actually kind of new to me because I grew up in a bow and shotgun only county. So like, literally, I started shooting rifles like three years ago. I didn't know like it's its own whole thing. Right. I, I think too like. If people starting off and they're starting off as a bow hunter and then they transition to rifle hunter, I think you're a lot better off as a hunter. Yeah. Because then you learn all the stuff about patience, when you can draw back, when you can move, when you can, you know. So true. Like for us, it's like how to stalk and stuff like that too. And they put a rifle in someone's hands. Well, now, <laughs> anytime I see an animal, it's game on. Like I yeah, know how to yeah. work around the mountain. I know how to move in on it. Yeah. Breathing, all that stuff. It's yeah. like. I think you become better hunter if you start archery and go to rifle instead of go backwards. Yeah, sure. the, the hardest thing for me was because I was the same as you. I grew up in Iowa. It's all yeah. Basically, all I did was archery hunt. So then when I got a rifle in hand, it was more getting comfortable with the rifle and like setting it up. You know, getting yeah. behind the scope, finding mm-hmm. the animal in the scope. It's like a lot of stuff that I haven't done yeah. that often. Yeah. But like the hunting aspect was all there. It was more just like understanding my equipment and what to do. Absolutely. Like I literally thought you just like take a scope and just like put it on and like hand tighten stuff you're like oh, i'm good and like i've missed deer like that um you know in the beginning um and i was like what you know and then i had a friend who's like ex-military and like super intense like mm-hmm. you know and you gotta be to if you really want like long-range accuracy like i said a video about posting or about mounting a scope i mean um you gotta be precise and and do it right or else you're gonna regret it later yeah. Yeah. it's a whole thing though i had no idea so yeah. it's been cool learning yeah, I used to be the guy that made fun of rifle hunters. Really? Because I was just strictly bow only on okay. everything. Like we were talking yesterday about like that coos deer. Yeah. And I went down to Mexico. Everyone was making fun of me. Like, why the heck are you bringing a bow yeah. down here where you need a rifle? And I'm like, I'm just going to get it done. If I don't get it done, that's just fine by me. Wow. Then I tagged down on day three with the biggest coos deer ever. So like, that thing even is before a rifle guy. So it's like yeah. I had so much success with archery and then so geeky with all the stuff, how I tuned my bow, how I built my arrows yeah. and I'm now transferring it to rifle. It's like, yeah, now he's all rifle guy, all rifle. Yeah. <laughs> Different stages in life. You know, it's like, maybe that was my uh, midlife crisis. Uh, I, had, I don't like, know why you can't day. be both. I'm both. I know. I do love then muzzle you, loaders. Then it opens up the opportunities. You can go hunting. I, I pick up a muzzle loader. Yeah. There you go. It's kind of overwhelming though. Like there's so much to each weapon, you know, like yeah. if you want to be really good archer and like a really good rifle hunter, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Like, especially if you're trying to, you know, I mean, there's some decent bow shops out where I'm at, but, like, it's not, like, here. It's a little different. Um, so, you know, if you want to do your own stuff on right. bow, you, I mean, it's it's pretty serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking about opportunity, probably a good time to uh, tell people about that sweet little promotion we got going on when we started. Podcast. Promo code podcast. If you're looking for any maps, go hunt maps. We cover all 50 states. Also, we have Insider cover your draw odds and all that different stuff to so find different opportunities. So yeah, these promo code podcast, if you sign up for insider, you get 50 points back in the go and gear shop, nice. sign up for explore maps, only membership use promo code podcast. You get 20 points back to go and gear shop. One point equals $1. So get a membership, do some research, or get maps and have the best season ever. Yeah. And get some free gear. Win, yeah, win. That's right. I think right now it's a good time for people like just kind of mess around on maps, get get familiar with it. Like the Explorer yeah. membership for fifty bucks for mm-hmm. all states, all fifty states. So like for you, but you live back in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been saying too. Like the the way the way you guys have set it up with turning the different layers on and stuff like that is a lot more intuitive than uh, with Onyx, to be honest. And um, also that new thing you guys just came out where you can save like a giant. High, oh, res yeah. map, high res map instead of like patchworking like 80 little like five mile maps yep. together um, that, that was the biggest pain point for me because like you literally would have 20 different squares 
Yeah. People would ask me how, like at the office, how many download maps do you have? Like I have a million download maps because this spot could get wrecked. Yeah. You may have a ton of people. Yeah, you never I don't know about because I've hunted, yeah. I've scouted it all summer and never saw a single person. Yeah. I show up there and that's like the family camp that these guys have been going to for 20 years and I didn't know about it. It's so like, now I have to move. I might have to move again. I might have to move mm-hmm. again. So it's like having all those little squares and they always had to like, there was those gaps in between it. Yep. I was like missing satellite imagery or missing topo. Yeah. And I'm like, so annoying. that's always right where my camp was or always right where I was glassing <laughs> from. Like that little spot, yeah. right? Didn't overlap them enough. That's so annoying. So yeah. yeah, now being able to zoom out as far as you want to download a giant mountain range, download half a unit at once if you want to. Like I downloaded my entire antelope unit in one fell swoop. It was 32 gigs. Nice. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Set it and forget it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And now it's really cool, too. You can do all the uh, state layers, download at once. Mm. So oh, I, okay, yeah. Right now I have all of, like, you know, Montana, Idaho, Nevada, like all the states I usually go to. Nice. All download at once. So I never have to worry about, hey, did I turn? Did I download roads and trails when I did satellite maps, or did I have public and private turned on before I download stuff? Now it just downloads mm. everything at once. Mm-hmm. Nice. So we could be, like, literally driving around. I can see an animal anywhere, and I'd be like, is that public land? Oh, yeah, well, I already have it downloaded because I had the whole state downloaded. So it's not like I'm driving my hunting yeah, right. area and only have my hunting area downloaded. Like, that's data I could collect for a future hunt. Like, oh, I saw a big deer here. I'm going to mark it and yeah. see if it's a unit I can pick up a tag next year or whatever. For sure. Do you still do whitetail hunting in Virginia? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a club, which is, like, where I'm at. It's, like, there's no public land. Like, you got to either be in a club or own something or, like, your best right. friend owns something. Um, and it's they do they, – it's a dog club. So they run once a week on Saturday mornings. They will release a pack of hounds, and the guys will just all get set up in different areas. And uh, so it's like a dr- driven hunt. Yeah, they you guys have probably never even like no, heard no, of that. I've never heard of this. Yeah, this is it, wild to it's me. this is like this is like the um, Virginia like traditional style of hunting. Like okay. all these clubs. So I, I'm not huge into it. I've done it. I've killed deer behind dogs. It's fun, but it's a different experience. I, I joined because. The other six days of the week, you can still hunt it, and I have access to 8,000 acres. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, basically everybody gets together at a clubhouse at, like, 7 a.m. Do you guys, like, go over a big map area and be like, these are where people are going to be? The some, dogs are be going, like, this way? Some do, just, some, but our club's more, like, chill. Like, we're just like, yeah, I'll go to this place. I'll go to this place, whatever. Yeah, then they just, like, go in the middle of the property and release, like, 30 hounds, and you just wait, and you can hear them, like, go. And, like, then basically you're shooting buckshot and, like, shooting deer full sprint. Nice. What? <laughs> yeah. Deer drives. What? Yeah. That's that's how it is in Iowa too, but it's mostly just humans. Just by pushing. Yeah, yeah it's human guys. Pushing like you have four, four guys sit over here and then three guys push, then the deer go, yeah. go yeah. right on. But yeah, it's a lot of running shots with slugs. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, completely different deer hunting culture. Like that's not how I grew up hunting. So it's always been, a, I've been a little bit of an outsider on it, but I mean, a lot of people I mean, the guys get really into the hounds, and that's what they're all about. And um, it's not for everybody, but it's it's interesting. Can't you shoot like a deer a day in Virginia? Oh, so I mean, so when you buy your tags, you get like I think three buck tags and three doe tags, and then if you run out, you can just buy more. And then like the club we're on has what they call DMAP, which is like a damage permit. So like, huh. basically unlimited. Like you can just kill. There's that many deer in Virginia, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Everywhere, there, there's a lot. I mean, especially where I grew up on the eastern shore. Is it shore. big, big timber? Um, no, it's like ag. ag fields. It's mainly ag. Um, where I grew up hunting is on the eastern shore of Virginia, which I don't know if you guys even know what that is, but you have like Virginia, like the coast of Virginia, then you have the Chesapeake Bay, and then there's the Delmarva Peninsula that comes down, and the very tip of it is Virginia, and it's got the 
um, the northern subspecies of whitetail that are like bigger than the mainland Virginia deer, and there's no predators. Like there's no coyotes, no mm. wolves, nothing. Mm. So it's like when you go there, it's like it's not like am I gonna see deer? It's like how many deer am I gonna see? Am I gonna see a big one? Like it's guaranteed. I right. never went and didn't see a deer. I got spoiled big time. I've only done some things over there a few times in Virginia. I shot a bunch of stingrays. Oh, really? In Virginia. Spear like fishing? Virginia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bow fishing. Oh, okay, bow. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Where so were you? I want to say it was near, like, Chigatig. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's on the eastern shore. Yeah, so, like, it was on the border of Virginia, Maryland. Yep. And That's we shot a bunch shore. of southern stingrays, cow stingrays. Tried chumming some sharks out there, but yeah. I had some jet skis spooked my shark that was coming in. But <laughs> it was wild. Shot yeah. a ton of stingrays. Yeah, that's cool. So we just moved, actually. So, um, but have you guys heard of that dude, um, Taylor Chamberlain, the Urban Bowman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't First Light have a video on? Yeah, yeah. He was like, he was on the, or um, the dude from Wired to Hunt went out and did a hunt with him. Uh, anyway, so I live in Northern Virginia now, and there's a huge like problem with like urban deer. And so, what you do is you actually go and do like archery qualification. And then they like assign you a city park, and like what you can you can, hunt you can bow hunt the park. Can, can, how does this work for non-residents? <laughs> yeah, how can we go over there? I will go sling some arrows at deer in a park. Yeah, we have urban archery season in Virginia. It goes yeah. from uh, September to March. March, but it's antlerless only. Okay, but then within that, you can shoot bucks during the regular you know season. But um, yeah, a lot of lot of hunting opportunity, different style and different types, but a lot of opportunity. So, what do the season dates look like? Just regular, so you have like archer season, then you have your shotgun season. Yeah, so it's it's different by county. Um, where my club is in Chesapeake, Virginia, it's kind of different. Um, there, all firearms open October first and go till like the end of November, and then you can bow hunt all that urban archery and there's a muzzleloader season as well but um typically it's um archery season comes in like aside from urban archery just regular archery season comes in usually the first saturday in october and then rifle will come in like first or second week of november and then it usually is through like january end of january or something nice Nice. do people actually like set up stands at this club is it like strictly yeah yeah, 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 set up stands yeah actually a lot of guys a lot of guys still hunt and bow hunt um and then Saturday is just kind of like get the boys together. And <laughs> so, where, so where's your southern accent then? Living in Virginia, we don't. Virginia's really, not that far south though. Yeah, but, it's, but, but it's kind of mid-Atlantic. I mean, so every every year I take my dad and his a father and son who live in Strasburg, Virginia. Uh, okay. I don't know what part of Virginia that is. Yeah, I don't either actually. To be honest. Yeah, so they have a strong accent. It took so, me so it took me so long to actually understand. Yeah. What these guys are saying when I took them out hunting mm-hmm. and. There's friends and we just go out and take money. Yeah. But like, I would always make fun of them because like this, their accent is so thick. Yeah. So I live, I grew up in Virginia beach, which is like a beach town uh-huh. and people don't have accents there. I mean, but yeah, definitely there are parts of Virginia with very thick accents. I think this is like the neck part of Virginia. Yeah. Like, What's a Virginia accent sound like? Is it Southern? It's a very Southern accent. Or is it yeah. like a New York kind of accent? No, no it's no. Southern accent. Southern, very yeah. Southern. Yeah. Huh. It was funny too. Cause the first time I took them to Montana, they came out like, Hey, we're just gonna take their normal like guns that they have over there. All like totally like flat nose bullets, like can only shoot like a hundred yards. Yeah. And then they just like at one point they missed this buck like four or five times. This <laughs> like it was just dropping so fast and it wasn't even a very far shot. Yeah. And we literally at one point was about ready to take that rifle and just chuck it down this canyon. And I was like, <laughs> buddy, next year, let me set up a rifle for you yeah. because the way you guys hunt over there in the thick timber is totally different than how we hunt out, oh, out yeah. west. And 
So that was kind of always interesting to me, just like the different styles and like he never. He, I don't think they do like driven hunts where he's at, but nah, it's kind of a south southeastern Virginia type thing. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, out there it's like you know if, if your gun's good to like two hundred, I mean, right? Like that's a sure. long shot. That's a very long shot over there. Usually, yeah. I mean, not always, but um, yeah, I mean, now it's like yeah, out west is just different. It's totally different. So these hounds are trained to just smell deer. Yeah, they just. Uh, they yeah basically that's crazy yeah it's wild good dogs yeah they're uh it's interesting any big bucks um yeah actually our club has um you know restrictions i think it's like 15 inch minimum so how are you trying to determine this Dude, minimum thing while they're, while they're running and, you, right. and they're running with buckshot and they find you if you're yeah they the find club you. finds you yeah okay so one property has an 18 inch um minimum so hmm. like when you, when you say 50 like spread yeah 15 inch spread yeah which yeah i mean there's no way like it's yeah it's tough What's i mean 15 inches that's, that's like wait that's inside the ears inside for the sure ears. It's basically it's like right to the tips usually about yeah, yeah. It, but it, yeah it's very hard that's why like you just gotta be careful i mean i've i've accidentally shot deer and had to pay fines over there before. what was the fine it's uh i think it's uh 50 bucks per antler point damn yeah they oh, really wow. jack you up over there <laughs> yeah. yep I was hoping maybe they're going to, like, haze you or something. Nah. I mean, some clubs, that's just a club rule. I mean, right. some clubs, they'll just shoot anything that moves, you know. But yeah. this is actually a pretty good club. Sounds like a good club to have that, just, like, to have that forefront. Like, hey, we're kind of managing. and Yeah. yeah. We all want to shoot big deer, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. How pretty many good acres? Um, there's different properties, but the whole thing is, like, 8,000. Oh, it's huge. It's, yeah, it's huge. Ginormous. Yeah. Good Lord. And there's a lot of swamp and just, yeah, so. They have like a club, like a cabin there. You guys can hang mm-hmm. out at. Yeah, they do, mm-hmm. and it's it's a social thing. I mean, like some clubs will like all get together and have breakfast in the morning, and then go out. Like it's right. it's a very it's a very different like a very southern right. kind of thing. They have it down in Texas too. Those kind of clubs. Oh yeah, yeah. Iowa, there's no clubs. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, you'd have like a group. You do your group home, but it's usually with like friends and family. But yeah, yeah. there was no. Yeah, more like no the clubs. silent solo right. killer. Type. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, not a lot of public land in Virginia, you're saying? Um, in the western part of the state, there is, um, in the mountains. Um, and I've done a couple of hunts out there. Some, And there's a guy I've had on the podcast before named Nathan Killen. He's kind of like local legend. And he'll he'll actually hunt like almost like western style. Like he'll pack in for a couple of days. And um, it's cool. It's There's some rugged terrain out there, very beautiful. But the deer densities are super low. I mean, you can... Um, you can definitely kill some big deer back there, but like they, it's all, um, national forest. So they don't do any timber cuts. And so, I mean, you can go three days and not see a deer easy. So it's just thick. It's yeah. It's just big woods. Um, and just low, low deer densities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How how does, so like, how do you guys use your maps then out there? Um, so I know a lot of private and public because you don't have to deal with too much of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of it's identifying pinch points, you know, right. or honestly, you don't have to use them that much. Yeah, if not, you, not if you as know much. the land, I mean, you don't really need to. I mean, that's mainly a tool I use out west, really, for right. you know what's BLM, what's not, you know, basically. But do do a lot of guys from like in your club or back in Virginia try to go out west for at least one hunt or so? Some. Um, I think there was, there was one other guy who was pretty into it. Um, you know, I think he mainly did like guided stuff and, um, 
there's not a whole lot of it's it's hard to find like DIY backcountry hunters. Mm-hmm. They're there, but it's there's not many. How the hell did you get the itch? What'd you see? What'd you watch? Um, I went to Alaska. Oh, there yeah. you go. You went right for it. I Love always it. yeah, I I've always had this like deep like need for adventure. I've always hunted and I I heard um a friend of my dad's was like a big western hunter back in the day and I I've uh, been he- hearing his stories and I was really starting to get kind of the itch just the adventure just try something new and I actually did a couple did one hunt like uh, in the mountains you know near home on public land I did an episode about it it was a complete debacle I shot a <laughs> hole through the floorboard of my truck with a 3030 nice yeah um, how'd you manage that <laughs> that's an adventure that's a whole other story but go back and listen to that episode it's called the VA mountain hunt but um that was my first like public land mountain hunt it was in yeah. Virginia right but that's I was just getting the itch you know um and then, like, it was just, like, divine appointment. Like, this friend of a friend uh, who's now, like, one of my good buddies. He was my buddy Ned who was on that Kodiak uh, film. Um, he sent me an Instagram message one day. He's like, hey, I'm trying to plan this, like, DIY walk-in caribou hunt in Alaska. Like, are you down? And I was like, yes. So I just, like, went for it. And that that trip just changed my life. Yeah. yeah. Totally got addicted from that. Completely. Yeah. And we didn't even kill anything. Like we, I had two separate caribou in my crosshairs. I could have easily killed, but they were, I think in retrospect, small bulls, but, um, you know, we weren't a hundred percent sure they weren't cows. So we didn't, we didn't pull trigger. And this was all walk-in. So this wasn't like a bow only zone. You could use rifles or use any weapons. Yeah. Um, so the first area was a controlled use area somewhere near Eagle, Alaska. And that one, we, we, we got in there. Sign was, I mean, you couldn't walk three feet without stepping in a pile of uh, caribou droppings. We saw a nice bull run, sprinting out on our hike in. That was the only caribou we saw the entire time. They they were, had been there, but they were you just had just them. left. Like it, like with the amount of sign, it would have it was like a freaking planet Earth, you know. Like right. <laughs> we just missed them. So we packed up and went to another high pressured area outside Fairbanks, which if you know Alaska, you probably know what I'm talking about. And there. Uh, we got into some caribou, but we also had locals and ATVs yeah. bombing all over the place. And um, but almost, you know, we had opportunity on two animals. Um, just didn't have a big bull that we knew was a bull, you know. So, so that was your first real like Western adventure, then, right? Yeah, first well, backcountry hunt, first well, Western hunt. Did you learn something that you were like, oh crap, we brought like the totally wrong pieces of gear next time? We have to do this differently. Or yeah, I mean, luckily my buddy had done it before, okay. so that was good. Um, and I, I mean, I devoured podcasts and anything yeah. that I could for a year prepping and I did get in some, into really good shape to prep. Um, the, the biggest things I learned were yeah, weapon, like I had some pretty crappy, like I bought like, like I bought like, um, you know, like those packages you can get like a rifle with a scope already on it. Oh, mm-hmm. oh this is worst. It did. Like, I thought it was legit. Like, that's how much I didn't know. And, you know, um, it was fine for a while. And then I noticed, like, a week before the trip, like, my scope was sliding. And, like, the rings were garbage. The scope itself was garbage. Ended up getting straight. So that was a big thing was, like, like, okay, I need to get serious about my weapons system, like, if I'm doing this. Um, And the other one was uh, I brought way too much clothing and too much food, actually. Hmm. Um, and I put all my food in the top of my pack. And so it was like super like yeah, yeah. top heavy. The other, but the biggest thing that really almost completely screwed me was, so coming from Virginia, not being a mountain hunter, like I didn't know anything about boots mm. like at all. So I just like heard 
that these type of boots are good. And I just got like some crispy guides and like I had no experience with like stiff boots. I didn't even know like how to tell if a boot fit me right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I did my best to break them in, but in retrospect, they were way too big, maybe a whole size or more too big. So if you're just, Oh yeah. So after the, I spent the whole second and third day hunting in my Crocs, like (laughs) trying to preserve my feet so they weren't just trashed the rest of the trip. But, um, those are the big, I guess, takeaways, I would say. Hope you had your Crocs in four-wheel drive, at least. <laughs> had to. Crocs had to. and gaiters, actually surprisingly effective. Huh. Crocs and gaiters. Probably That's pretty a- comfy. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't bad. I mean, um, you know, we were in Tundra, so, right. you know, it wasn't a ton of brush or anything. And um, they were like the, the hunting-style Crocs that are a little chunkier, you know? Yeah. Surprisingly effective. There we go. Hot tip. Yeah. Hot Crocs and gators. Yeah. Got to use them. I might do that one on my next one. If, I mean, it was better than sitting there and chewing up my heels. So, hmm. yeah. What hunts do you have this year then? You said you had a couple planned. Yeah, yeah. I got um, So I was going to originally go film for somebody in September. But I was like, you know what? No, I want to go hunt. So I used Insider to find the best unit I could, antelope unit in Wyoming, with zero points, with 100% draw, mm-hmm. and had the most public. Yep. I found something decent, I think. Uh, I mean, it's probably going to be a little bit of a shooting gallery, but I'm going to get there a day early, you know, scout, and then just camp. I know, mo- you know most guys roll out to Antelope Unit at 9, 9.30. I'm just going to be in a good spot at, like, sun, like sunrise on opening day, and I think, I think I'll get it done. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah, and then, um, and then coming back from that, and then I'm heading to Idaho, picked up a – deer and an elk tag the concurrent season going out there with luke um who helped you on one more ridge yep we're gonna tag team that he's gonna have a tag too this is the first kind of hunt where we're he's gonna be filming and hunting we're both gonna film and hunt and uh neither one of us have killed a mule deer so yeah. there we go it's Lord funny, willing. i was literally just talking to luke yesterday uh, okay. i brought up our conversation we had in your podcast nice and then yeah, he was going back and forth. He's like, yeah, you know, since I'm a resident, I could probably pick up an elk tag. But like, yeah, it's like I'd rather have you, yeah. know, you shoot the elk and yeah. instead of him. And yeah, if we see an elk, that'd be great. But I'd be more than happy with the deer. I just knew if I didn't get the elk tag, I would see a huge bull on the first day. That's how it always goes. Kicking myself, so I just grabbed both. Neville has a lot of great stories about that. <laughs> I think I heard oh, seeing yeah. elk and not having tags. Yeah, usually, I'm usually hunting deer, and I always see elk in Colorado. This last yeah. year, I shot a giant bull. I heard of that on one of the podcasts you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, and on this bear hunt we were on, we saw a ton of elk, and they were still holding antlers, which was weird. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty late. Yeah. Um, but anyway, coming back from that, and then I have a general rifle deer tag in Montana, so I'm really excited about that hunt. Should be really fun. And then going to Old Mexico in January uh, for coos rifle. Nice. You went from not going out west that often to this year having basically like a dream yeah. season. Well, I actually, I got pretty um, lucky the way last year turned out. So last year I went to Kodiak in August, and then went and filmed for Dan in New Mexico. And then I went to Wyoming with my cousin, uncle, and dad, and got my cousin his first ever western animal Mm -hmm. and that was kind of my first trip as like the group lead you know and and i got a nice like little 70 inch buck and then um and then brian and brad invited me out to arizona so i did four trips last year too kind of like wasn't really planning on it but you are addicted (laughs) we got to talk a little bit about the new mexico hunt okay dan you know dan Mm Satan. so he he was filming that hunt and when like all the guides were 
trying to push him off the property. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him seeing the post about that. Yeah, so we literally, not just us, and apparently it's been going on for years. Um, some of the locals are – so we were coming back from a spot. We were on public. We were next near the, you know, the line, but yeah. we were clearly on public. And we roll up, and there's this truck waiting there. This dude jumps out, you know, sidearm. Of course. You know, everything. Like, you guys are trespassing on Floyd Lee property. I need you to leave right now. I'm going to call the authorities. And um, and Dan, like, he knew where we were, and he's not backing down. He got right in the dude's face and was like, I mean, he was he was mad, dude. And um, and anyway, they had a little bit of a – I kind of got Dan calm, but I was rolling the camera, too, to make sure he got everything. And he was like, stop filming and just whatever. And Anyway, they kicked us off, um, us and some other hunters. Um, and, you know, we called the game wardens. And um, But some of the local guys came up when they saw Dan kind of getting heated. And they are like, dude, no, no, no. Like, st- they're like, we've, we've heard stories of people, like, getting gagged and bagged and, like, wake up in the desert somewhere, like, after getting their butts kicked. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Jeez. Dude, Where's this footage? I got to see this footage. Uh, Dan did a whole series uh, on the Elk Shape channel. Um, we did a podcast together. We talked about the whole thing in detail. But they are doing super sketchy stuff. Like, they are flying helicopters, low altitude, scaring the elk back onto private. Um, one day we're driving to our glassing spot on the ATV and we get out and we notice like we're on the road and there's like this $80,000 like pickup truck just in the middle of the desert, 4 a.m. And we're like, that's weird. And kind of went around him. Then we notice he's following us and we're like, okay. And we get to the glassing spot and they park just far off away, but we could still see them. They could see us. And we're like, that's weird. And then we saw some elk like, um, and they were again, like kind of close to the private line, but like on public. And we're like, all right. And we start making a, like, figuring out and making a play. And as soon as we start, like, working over these elk, these two dudes in blue jeans get out of the truck and just start walking directly at the elk and push them back onto the, onto the private. My um, gosh. Yeah. They, they, had, um, they had no trespassing signs on public land, um, road closed stuff on open public roads. So basically just trying roads. to own the whole thing and just say that. Just super shysty. I mean, yeah. they had a um, – we we talked to other hunters that guys were running, you know, off, and they had a you know a resource that was worth money, and they were trying to protect it. And so it, the whole it just that dynamic just creates just like this seedy like we called it the elk cartel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was sketch, Ooh, man. That just makes it not fun at all. No hunter really. harassment. Yeah, yeah it was for sure. Super super bad. But Yikes. no, you guys didn't shoot anything either. Uh, it, that was tough too. So we hunted nine days hard. Finally, the last day, I think I was telling you oh, about yeah. it. We finally got into some elk. That was my first time like seeing elk in bow range, like bugling. I was like, okay, now I get like why people are obsessed with this. This is like, an, this is like otherworldly. It's like mm-hmm. magical, like dinosaurs or something. So, but anyway, so Dan had a super long shot. It was like 75, 80 yards or something. And as soon as he let the arrow fly, the thing took just a big step and it hit way far back. And we tracked him for, for two days. I actually missed my flight home uh, looking for that thing, but never found him, uh, which is, as you know, sucks. Yeah. But <laughs> part of it. Yeah, it happens even to the best of them. Yep, it sure does. Yep. Hmm. Have you ever had anything happen like that? Hunter harassment, Brittany? In Montana, I have. Yeah, there's been uh, people yeah. trying to. Montana, block. they're kind of bad, too. Yeah, they're literally trying to block roads. Again, they were people who thought because they're outfitters, they own everything around there. It was mm-hmm. like, no, this is a public named road. You can drive all the way up it. Yeah. You can go further in it. So they tried to gate it off. Most people were just pulling their little gate they put in front of it. And 
taking their little private signs down and finally Gayborn came in the area and I was like let me talk let me have a discussion about this area he's like oh yeah we've been trying to deal with them like you know who they are if you push back they they let you through or they they weren't like sitting there or anything but there was just like it wasn't a gate with like a lock on it they just tried to like take this little cattle guard and put like another cattle fence in front of it and then it was like a private like this road's private yeah and they tried to like paint all these signs everywhere dude that happened to me on my antelope hunt like i had identified like these 10 little parcels i wanted to check out and we were driving up to like the fourth or fifth one and there's like a no trespassing sign in a cattle gate and I was like, dang. And we started going. And then I was like, wait a second. Yeah. I just gotten back from Dan. And I was like, hold on a second. This is a road, named road, named road. public. I was like, no. And yeah. so I was like, we're going through here. And yeah. we went through there. And that's where I shot my antelope. Yeah. And like, <laughs> even I talked to Game Wars, like, you know who this is. Like, why aren't you guys dealing with this? And finally, eventually, they got caught for it. And they lost all the, like, outfitting rights in oh, that little area. Okay, good. But, like, the, the road even started on public. It's a named public road. Mm-hmm. Like, way in further is, like, a big scenic kind of area. It's like... Yeah it's you can't block this road yeah like you can't do that and try to say you own it just to keep everyone out because they know yeah. nine guys out of ten that are from out of state are like oh i'm sorry yeah. you can just turn around and i've been literally hunting there my entire life yeah and it's like we know it's public yeah so you gotta know you know your rights and don't back down sometimes yeah. and this weird thing too is hard to know because like it's so different between every single state yeah all the different laws mm-hmm. and it's like some of them are even easements from way back in the day but you have to go back through all like the county records to figure out how that property got to where it is because there's probably still a public easement that goes back through there and you can probably still drive it even though oh, some other people might, you know, block it and say you can't. So it's like you definitely have to do your research and know your stuff and like be confident in what you say because they're going to try to like your situation, yeah. like talk you down and yell at you and say they're going to call authorities. Like, well, call them. Call yeah. them right now. Let's just deal with this because I know I'm in the right. Yeah, Dan said that. He's like, call the game warden. I bet you guys' number. He's like, I don't have his number. It's like, oh. like, you don't have the game warden's number and you're trying to, okay. Yeah, that's sure. shady. Then. <laughs> Did you get in a fight with this guy, Brady? No. In Montana, you yelled at him? No, I didn't have to just talk to someone. I talked to the game warden and my brother actually had a confrontation with the guy. And then my brother does back. He's like, text me. He's like, what should I do? I was like, just back out right now. We'll just deal with it later. And he left. And then we came back the next day and hunted after we got a confirmation from the game warden. Yeah. But it's like, if you're, yeah, if you're, if you're any way questioning, definitely confirm it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, use good mapping software. And like, if you're in the right, sometimes you gotta, I mean, I wouldn't recommend getting in a fight, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. So at the same time too, I don't want to waste my whole day. Like I've also yeah. have limited vacation time. Sure. And so it's like, is it worth arguing with these people for a while or could we leave and go somewhere else really quickly and then figure it out later that afternoon yeah. or the next morning, talk to a game warden or find someone in a local town somewhere and then deal with it totally, and then come back. But for sure. I don't know. It's, it sucks that people have to do that. It does. Because yeah. again, it's just, like I said, non-residents, they just don't know. And so they're trying to yeah. pick on non-residents because yeah. they're like, oh yeah, well we live here and this is this and this property. And yeah, I mean, it's easy to get scared out there. Right. No one wants to get any sort of wildlife violation. So right. like, and most hunters are pretty nice. Like they're going to just be like, oh, okay, sorry. And, yeah. yeah. But you gotta know what you're right. I haven't run into it yet. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Nothing too bad. I've heard a bunch of stories though from, a lot of different hunters of yeah. Montana. Yeah. And my, my brother had the opposite thing happen this year in Wyoming because he thought he could totally get in this one area, look like everything was okay to get in there. And then they got in, there's a big sign that said, hey, this road from here on is private property. You can't access it. If you have any questions, call the game warden. So it's mm-hmm. a phone number right there. So my brother called the game warden and actually met the game warden and talked to him. He's like, yeah, actually, based on Wyoming laws, even though you think you can drive through, this spot you cannot drive through to access this property. And there was mm-hmm. a big chunk of public beyond that they needed to get yeah. to. And so like all his plan is eggs were in one basket trying to get there and he had to make totally different plans, but he talked to the game board and game board super cool, confirmed it all. But luckily that person actually had like, you know, tried to do their best that land, private land. Yeah. And be like, Hey, call the game board. You actually can't drive through here. Like yeah. this is 
Yeah, there are Based spots on- like that in Wyoming for sure. So make sure you're <laughs> you know what you're doing. Yeah. Get Go Hunt maps. Use yeah. promo code podcast. <laughs> Yep. Get points in the Go Hunt Gear Shop, yeah. no or save twenty eight percent with the uh, code Quest. Yes, there you go. <laughs> we got we got promo codes left. Competing right. promo it. codes. Yes, <laughs> love it. So talk love to me it. about. Uh, obviously, I've never had to do this since I moved out west, but like the logistic wise of yeah. living out west and then driving out here. Yeah. So I. Um, it's it's tough, man. Um, like, Are you like getting your gear ready like months? Do you, you, do months you drive like most of the time? That is the farthest so drive I ever. I drove to Idaho. How far spring. drive is that? It was three solid like Holy 10, 12 shit. hour days in a row each way. So six days I was on drive. Like I was thinking I was telling one of you guys like after I, like the drive home like hurt me. Like I I got home. I was like. I had gained a ton of weight. I had all this like fluid, like my legs had like edema. Yeah. Like, um, I was like noticeably weaker in the gym. It was weird, man. Like, cause you go from like working out or working really hard in the mountains and having like limited calories. And then like you sit for three days straight eating like fast food on the road. It just destroys you. Um, and just having kids, like I can't tack and like I, the way I got my hunt stacked this year, like I can't afford to drive. Um, so you know, luckily since my first ever like Western hunt was in Alaska, like it almost kind of like made it where it's sort of normal, like to just deal with, I got to fly places. Mm -hmm. Um, now the more I get into it, the more I realize like how lucky you guys are that you can just drive in to go scout or even just, you know, something breaks or something, you know, you can, you're within striking distance, um, Mm -hmm. most times. So you definitely have to, um, plan ahead a lot more. Um, you know, I'm learning little tips like, um, like if I got anything near Utah, like Brian is like, just, uh, ship a box of your stuff to me. And, um, he's even said I could use one of their vehicles and just fly into Salt Lake, um, get my stuff. And then, only carry on like obviously i gotta check my weapon yep. even he even said i could use some of his guns sometimes but i don't like doing that i like having my own weapon but um so i'll carry on like in <laughs> when i went out to um in january when i went out to meet up with brian and brad like i had my all my camera gear in a big pelican case and i i checked it right um because i brought way too much stuff but when i i i saw my pelican case coming around i was like it didn't look right. And I pulled it off and I opened it up and it was just full of like weird computer stuff. And I was like, what? And what happened was somebody had grabbed mine, the exact same Pelican case Ooh. and took all my camera gear and, you grabbed and left. <laughs> and like, I tried, like I was freaking out. I started trying to find the person. Anyway, I had to come back to the airport like a day later once those people figured it out yeah. and brought it back. But, um, so yeah, it's it's definitely um it's kind of figuring out tough. those little tips to like kind of make a connection maybe in the place yeah. you're going to go so you can ship your gear out there ahead of time or right. maybe ship some of your expensive stuff out and then yeah. take a little bit of detour to go to Don't check your house. camera. Yeah, always carry it on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, having friends different places or like um the guy that I'm probably going to use to help me film in November, like um his dad has a like a truck we can use. Mm-hmm. So like cuz that's a big thing too is like Making yeah. sure you have vehicles That's what that I was are four-wheel you, drive. Yeah, you get rentals then? Yeah. I mean, if you have to, yeah. And then you got to, like, call and like, confirm, like, is this a four-wheel drive? Like, right. I need a four-wheel drive. Yeah. Um, so it's it definitely adds a layer of headache and 
expense and yeah, you know. just a lot more. I mean, a hunt alone has a lot of logistics, and throw on top of that, you have to travel yeah. across the whole state, damn near. Yeah, and then if you talk about like hiring, you know, guys to help you shoot it and stuff. Um, luckily, as a producer too at, at CBN, like that was a big part of my job was because when we had these trips, you had to plan all logistics yourself. So I, I have some experience with planning trips and and all that stuff. It's um, it's really cool how like all my past experience is really like almost like led me to this you know um so it's it's definitely an extra headache and i'm hoping i can make it work you know financially in the long run because it, it's it, there's more expense you oh, know yeah. involved yeah. especially nowadays competitors everything's are, getting a little more expensive yeah. flights yeah. are more expensive mm -hmm. not as reliable for sure oh man we sat in the tarmac for three hours just in the plane on the way out here um, but now I live near DC, so at least I can find direct flight. Like I can, there's a direct flight to Salt Lake. There's a direct flight here. Mm -hmm. Before I, I was in Norfolk, Virginia, like near, so I always had to have at least one connection, which adds more, more chance to get lost and your stuff. stuff getting lost and everything else. So yeah, it is what it is. Hmm. That's hard too. It's like really complicated. Some of these like later season hunts or you're going somewhere with a bunch of timber. It's like, you can't fly with a chainsaw. Like. No. So, like, you know what I mean? It's extra stuff. Even if you've got a rental vehicle, like, you have no real chains, probably. Yeah. You have none of the survival stuff yeah. you need. you got to really cultivate the, like, friendships out here. Like, yeah, you got to figure out what to do with for a cooler. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Like, yeah, so Luke is going to pick me up from Idaho Falls Airport, and we'll just, you know, he'll – that one we won't – well, I don't want to say much more, but um, – Then you have to ship everything back, all your meat, if you mm – -hmm. Yeah. That's where it gets expensive real quick. <laughs> so do you usually find like a butcher out there then somewhere and have it like processed so and shipped back? Wyoming last year, we actually got coolers and put dry ice in them. You're only supposed to fly with five pounds of dry ice, which is probably enough. I had like 15 or 20 pounds in there. <laughs> and they were like, you got five pounds? And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got five pounds. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we just we just checked the coolers. But that, I mean, it gets expensive, yeah. man. I mean, so probably this year, I'm thinking that would probably be the best find a processor here, and uh, and ha they probably do that, like ship it for you right. and stuff. I'm yeah. assuming that people yeah. will do yeah, that. If you find one that's like fairly well established, yeah, they can do it. Yeah, I figured so. Um, but yeah, flying back from Alaska with me. So Alaska, my buddy is ex Navy. So he actually was able to get us onto the coast guard base and they have a room like half the size of this room full of just, um, vacuum sealers and like wow. tables and like every, so we processed our deer in there and vacuum sealed everything. And then we went to the fish processing plants and got like ice packs mm -hmm. and you can go to Walmart in Alaska and buy like the insulated, you know, you guys probably know right. fish boxes and everybody mm -hmm. flying in yeah. Alaska has got fish boxes. Oh, yeah, so. fish boxes. Yeah. Yep. The old waxed fish boxes. Yeah. With the styrofoam. When I, when I came back from Alaska, so we had four caribou that all got oh, shipped, wow. shipped to my house and it was all of like the antlers. Oh man. And it got caught in Anchorage. So it's probably, sitting in Anchorage for three days and then like another two days down to Vegas. So it was like five or six days since we shot them and I got them. I opened it up, just maggots everywhere. Oh no. All the meat gone. Well, it wasn't, it was just the antlers. So we still had the, oh, okay. we just, we just had the velvet still on. Okay. Cause like we were trying to hurry out of there. So like a, a lot of people just peel the velvet, peel it, which yeah. you probably should do. But Did, yeah. Were they ruined? The antlers weren't ruined. The velvet was definitely toast. Okay, so then but you were I, able to salvage the antlers, though? Yeah, I had to go power wash them all. It was terrible. I bet it was that like was nasty. maggots everywhere. Oh, dude. 
it was lucky you didn't have your smell at that time from that. Yeah, yeah. I I just had COVID and I and I didn't have any his sense back of smell. Of his, his back of his truck just reeked. Oh like, man! I was like walking outside. I was like, holy gosh! <laughs> Did you terrible. have to do a test when you went to Alaska? Oh no. We Thank went. God. We went in like the height of COVID, and my buddy got a positive, a false positive COVID test like two days before we were leaving for Alaska, and we were freaking out. But anyway, he was fine. But no, that's what I was worried about because it was it's probably last year around this time. Okay, it was yeah. like July. And yeah. I was I left I think like the 18th of August, something yeah. around that time. And yeah, this but, is, this is the same time of year last year I got COVID. That's why I couldn't go to Park City. Yeah. Like, but your meat made it back okay? Yeah. Yeah. So we d- we flew with our meat right on okay. on the plane. Yeah. We used like the fish, yeah, the wax boxes. So it was like you had to split it up 50 pounds each. Oh, but then you paid someone to ship your antlers back. Yeah. Yeah. Because the antlers were, t- you had to go through huge. a, uh, I forget what it's called, like a verified shipper. Verified or, shipper. Yeah. Yeah. Through Alaska Air. Okay. So, so you have to do it through cargo. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's like a huge box full of antlers. Yeah. When we were coming back from Kodiak, I just had, uh, I just had my deer head in my check-on. <laughs> yes. like i just had like it taped up or whatever and like antlers sticking out of my backpack and the alaskan air people they're like yeah it's fine whatever and my buddies i don't know if you guys saw my buddies was a monster it was the 11th biggest kodiak on record taken on kodiak Jeez. i don't know if i saw that yeah the, huh. the kodiak film is 11th biggest ever uh, recorded taken off the island and so people were stopping them in the airport like getting pictures with them and stuff Jeez. <laughs> like, like a local celebrity crack. now yeah it was it scored 117 damn yeah. That is a big black tail. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> I want to do that hunt so bad. It's really fun, man. Did you I, stay I on re- a did you stay on a boat then went in or did you guys no, camp right on We did kind of unique, you know, most guys go during the rut and stuff, and I bet that's really cool too, but we went in August, mid August, and flew up into Alpine Lake. See, that's what we were talking about doing. It's legit. Like, cause you're up there, you're not hiking back and forth to a yeah. boat every day. The days are super long. You're in the Alpine, it's beautiful, it's green. Um, it's, we were in a, we were in a goat lake basically. Like, huh. um, it was awesome, man. It's like a poor man's sheep hunt, mm-hmm. but you can kill like two or three if you want. Yeah. Actually the day I flew out, Brad from Argali was flying out the exact same day. Like yeah. I saw him on the dock. Huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I watched his videos on that. Hunt okay, too. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys do rifles on yours? We did. Yeah. yeah. Could yeah. you, how, if you went with Bo, do you think you could have been successful? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't like, yeah. I don't know about me personally. Right. You could. Yeah. Like somebody could. <laughs> yeah. Um, ours, we had, I mean, ours was a little, Brad, well, Brad's a killer hunter. So, and I didn't, you know, ours was a little different the way it worked out. Like we shot one buck the first, like first full day. We got my buddy, got one. We wanted to get him one first on camera and get everything kind of dialed. And then, then some weather moved in and we barely saw any bucks for like four days. And we hmm. thought we were going to be eating tag soup. And then the last morning, we shot a double on the R2 bucks. Nice. And, um, um, it would actually, now looking back, it would have been where they were, would have been tough to stalk in to archery range, but we were able to get, you know, pretty easy stalk to 200 yards and dropped them. No bear issues? Many bears, no bear issues. Yeah. yeah. Saw a lot. Yeah. Like, we, we landed, we're setting up camp, literally the first five minutes. So I look across the lake, and there's a mama with, like, four cubs just, like, running. Yikes right towards our camp um we had bear fences and and they were you know most of the bears that time of year down low eating salmon and anytime actually the the so we had this one like just beautiful basin that like we had a great glassing spot from and um 
that's where we shot our deer and uh we called it the safari park and uh and we did actually see a mom or a sow and cub like probably 10 minutes before we saw our deer so um we definitely had it on our mind because we had to go right through mm-hmm. basically where they were and then when we killed them you know we were yelling and making noise to make sure that the bears but anytime they you know had any clue we were around they were they're, they're yeah they're polite so. right I think it gets a little different later when they're hungrier and there's no salmon left. Yeah. But this time of year, we were fine. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the bears in Alaska are a little more skittish because they've... They're hunted. Yeah, they're yeah. hunted. They yeah. they know that we can kill them. Yeah. We're down here. It's a different ballgame, man. Yeah. But yeah. I would definitely consider doing that hunt in August. It's beautiful and the weather's nice. Hmm. Nice long days. Oh, yeah. Lots long, of opportunities. Long days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the same on my caribou hunt. It was light for, I don't know, 16 hours? Yeah, that's Something awesome. like that? Yeah. But I want to see the northern lights. Yeah, that would be cool. That's what I really... You have to go later to see the northern lights, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's like a winter, later season kind yeah. of thing. Of course, winter up there starts in like October. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. What a crazy adventure up there. Yeah, I really need to do that blacktail thing. So I just need to kill a sick of blacktail and a Columbia blacktail for my deer slam. So like... Yeah, want to cross those off really badly. Yeah, like do something I, cool. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to finish that too. You, got, you, you shot a coos? No, That's I still need. Me- to, I'm hoping this year I'll get my mule deer and my coos. Yeah, and then all I'll have to do is get a Columbia. Yeah, but we'll see. Where do Colombian? Where do they live? California, Oregon, Washington. Yeah, yeah. apparently Pacific. there's a pretty good amount of opportunity just over the counter yeah. in Oregon and stuff for mm-hmm. deer. Yeah, the Pacific Northwest. I've never hunted in that area. Either. It'd be so cool to kill one in like that rainforest type habitat. I know. Did you see that one that Austin Leg shot? Oh yeah. That, that was thing a pretty was a monster. Let's yeah. go. Should we plan a hunt? Probably should plan a hunt. Uh, Head out there. Take me with you. Yes. I'm always game. <laughs> this is where the best hunt planning, you know, comes out of the little podcast session. First like we that. first we collab on a podcast, then we collab on a hunt. Yeah. There we go. Deer slam. Yes. I'm jealous both of you guys have been to Alaska, and I've never been to Alaska yet for hunting. Oh, Loser. I know. <laughs> didn't invite me last year. I was like, okay, I'm just not invited. <laughs> not cool enough. Not cool enough. Dang, that's harsh. But yet, Luke gets to shoot a freaking caribou up there. Yeah. yeah I love Luke. He, yeah. Was, he was filming on that. Just so people know, Luke Dusenberry, he's the he's a freelance f- filmer that we use quite often for our Go Hunt Originals yep. and other photo assets. So when you hear us talking about Luke, that's who it is. Yeah. Yeah, he was on that. That caribou hunt with us up there filming. And he got lucky, he got to shoot one. We let, he was first shot. That's awesome, man. <laughs> That's such a sweet story. I said, all right, Luke, we'll be nice. Let you get the first one get over with. <laughs> I tried to get him to shoot one right out of camp, like, first day. I'm like, dude, just shoot this one right out of camp. Did you guys fly in on that mm-hmm. one? Who'd you fly with? Uh, Golden Eagle Outfitters out of Kotzebue. Did it take a long time? Did you have to plan it a long time in advance? Or did you have, like, yeah, we, go we're probably like, or? We are probably, like, planned it out in january february we had it of the same year yeah oh man i don't know maybe it's just now stuff have gotten crazier but it's like the price like tripled and you have to book like four years out in advance yeah it's insane yeah i know so like the spot we caribou hunted that's it's closed now oh really it's one of those they closed down up there to to non-residents so I don't know what. That's what I'm saying. You got to do this stuff now, man. The stuff's not getting easier. It's not no. getting cheaper. And you never know when states are going to change some yep. things on you. Dude, that's why I booked my sheep hunt for 23. Oh, no, look at you go. Oh, no, I didn't tell you? No, I no. didn't hear that. Oh, dude, yeah. So I was oh, look, my I was putting like some, I was just trying to figure out like what's, I always wanted to hunt doll sheep since I did that first Alaska trip, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, one day, one day, one day. Um, then I started just like, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's put some feelers out. And so, you know, doll sheep's the, I mean, it's not cheap, but it's the most affordable sheep hunt yeah. on the planet. Um, it is still right now um, over the counter for non-residents. You have to have a guide. But I've already been hearing whispers that might be changing the next few years to go into draw to non-residents. Mm. Um, so I was talking to Ryan Bassham about it, and he was like, um, I know a guy who just had a cancellation for 23 is Jeremy Rusink from Rogue, same dude that oh, yeah. Remy hunted with. Yep. And um, I was like, yeah, time yep. Because it's not getting cheaper, it's not getting easier. Like, might not have a great chance, yeah, and I'll right. figure out how to pay for it later. There you go. That's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly the way I feel. That's exactly. I got a whole year plan. to like, just start chipping in. So, so that's in twenty-three. Yeah, August. Yeah. It's opening week, August. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait, man. Yeah, I'm going to. I haven't really told anyone fully yet, but I'm going to be chasing sheep this year. As no well. way. Yeah. C- care to divulge? I could probably divulge a little bit. So we hinted on it with the podcast with Remy. I feel like we, yeah, we talked about it a little just bit. Very, I don't think I said I'm going exactly. We said like, here's what you need to do to plan for your sheep hunt. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. I'm going to uh, Tajikistan. Oh, nice. Are you doing? Um, Marco Polo. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So I'll be poor the rest of my life. <laughs> like hey, we can be poor together. Yeah. Like literally poor the rest of my life. But it's again, it's like. We're all getting older. Everything's yeah. getting more expensive. Like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You never know. Tajikistan could close it in two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I think after this year, I think Kyrgyzstan's closing for a couple of years. So it's like, yeah. could go shoot the world's biggest sheep. I've never been on a sheep hunt before. So I'm gonna start at the top. Yeah, man. And just work, work my down. way down. <laughs> or never do When's it again. That trip? Uh, so that's gonna be end of November, first part of December. That's of awesome, this year. Man. Are you so gonna film it? No, I don't think so. Just because logistics, yeah, how expensive it would be yeah, going over there. Expensive. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's it's not cheap, but I guarantee you the next year it's going to be less not cheap. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Every exactly. year it'll be more expensive. Yeah, so for sure. And Why then, not? like, I could, you know, hurt myself on some other hunt and not be able to do it later yeah. on or never know what your health is going to be the rest of your life or Absolutely. where something might take you or you have to move or yeah. get tied down. Where it's like right now I have all the free time in the world in yeah. a sense. And yeah, it's going to hurt my wallet big time. and I'm going to be poor for a long time, but like you'll remember the hunt, not the, exactly. The bill. Exactly. So, so I've been very hesitant this year about how I've been applying for all of my tags. Yeah. Cause like, I just don't want to have anything close to that. I don't want to have another big hunt coming up where, like I said, I could hurt myself or, yeah. you know, just overexert something. I just want to be fully dialed, like hunt of the lifetime. Got to be prepared for it. So That's sick, man. How long is the hunt? Uh, I think it's eight days. Okay. But like you fly over there, you know, I fly the East coast and you fly into like Turkey. Then I fly into Dushan Bay and then, you know, driving for three days and wow, trying to get to the area. Trip, and Did then, you just going alone? Uh, me and my dad. Oh, sick. Yeah. Man, it was always his, cool. that was his dream to shoot one of those. So he's going to do it as well. Nice. And at first I was going to do an Ibex and then he kind of convinced me like, you're going all the way over there. Like you're never going to do this again. Like an Ibex was still going to definitely like throttle my wallet and my yeah. bank account. But like, might as well do it both. Yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. I'm stoked for you. So it's going to be absolutely wild <laughs> and just, I don't know. I'm sure I'll get some hate from it because, like, you always do that when you go on cool adventure hunts. But it's like, whatever. Yeah, I work hard for a living, do all the stuff I need to do. I don't yeah. 
you know, I don't go to restaurants. I don't, you know, have drive a fancy truck. I save money everywhere I can. I know the like, feeling though. It's like you almost don't want to say like I'm going on this hunt because yeah. you're gonna be like, oh, it's so expensive. How do you? Nobody but, can do that hunt. Yeah, yeah. you're rich, it's Brady. Like, yeah. I, I sacrifice so many different things in my life, and all I do is hunt. Like I canceled playing. I used to love playing basketball. That was expensive because we had basketball tournaments. I'd yeah. you know pay for the basketball like where the gym we were playing at. It's like I cut all that stuff off. I I sold my super expensive boat fishing boat. I used to have a big old oh, like nice. fan boat. Yeah, totally got rid of that out of my life. Yeah. Sold it. That's a hole in the wa- hole in the you know that you just dump money into all the time. Like, yeah. cut all those hobbies out. Like, yeah, I literally don't go to restaurants. I live in Las Vegas, and someone can ask me like, "Oh, where's the best restaurant?" Like that restaurant you told me earlier today. Yeah, no clue what it was, but you're like, "It's great food." Because <laughs> I don't go out to eat. Yeah, I eat everything in house. Like, I make everything myself. Yeah. Like, I save money that way. So you shouldn't be like, we shouldn't have to be like ashamed. That no, you never should be ashamed because it's like, yeah, Brady, I don't, I don't should be ashamed. I don't drive a fancy <laughs> truck. I don't have a big a side bitch. by side. Like, <laughs> How dare you go on that? I, know. <laughs> uh, I might just do hater comments on your Instagram. You're going to Jesus hand, you rich boy. Uh, you Loser. Hate, you can hate all you want now. We'll get free rice. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we're getting, you know, we're not young bucks no. like you anymore, Neville. That's we gotta, right. We've only got so many years left on these legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why I just gotta. So I just gotta keep saving right now. I just start like just a. Yeah, yeah. it's really true. Away. Like you start saving, Sheep or like, like other people are doing, they're starting to you know invest their money in different things. Or I don't really believe in all this crypto crap, but like, yeah, yeah. there's probably some things you could do to start building up your funds on the side, or getting other side hustle jobs, or doing other things. Just like there is, yeah. just slowly work towards what you want. Because like some people, they have a dream to have side by sides and new trucks every single year. Well, that's not me. Yeah. My dream has always been just to save money to go hunting. You know, I, I saved money and bought a house. Did that sort of thing, and now I'm saving money for other things. And that's awesome, man. So it's I'm like, yeah, what, you, what you do you want to do in life? It's like I want to hunt. So yeah, financial advice hate. from Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm stoked for you, man. I can't wait to see what you come back with. That's 23. That's right. That's this year. Oh, this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Heck that's why yeah. this year has been very careful. Like I've been planning this for like three years and kind of kept it under wraps for a while. Oh, ah, sweet. It's finally here. It's so here. I know. I don't know. Live. It's still one of those things where it's like it's here, but it hasn't quite really hit me yet. But that's why like I am working out harder than ever. And that's why we talked about earlier. So I'm like losing weight crazy. I'm trying to gain weight and I just lose weight because uh, okay. now I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to 16,000 feet or wherever it is over there. So like I want to be in the best shape of my life. I'm already in pretty good shape, but yeah. like I'm running every single day. I'm doing two day workouts. Like everything I'm doing right now Don't is preparing overtrain. for the sun. Yeah, you know, dude. That's and maybe thing. you should like switch a little bit into like weight strength training and less cardio maybe. Yeah, I was doing all strength, just okay. hard weights from January when I uh, got a divorce until like earlier now. And then now I just switched up into just doing uh, like cardio. And then in the evening I am doing some weight stuff, but okay. I've gotten down to like more higher reps and less. You're above optimal on your watch on every category, aren't you? Yeah, I am rest yeah i just went to, i just went to the doctor the other day because i was like i should probably get a checkup because i'm you know i'm 36 getting old like have you ever got your blood drawn or blood test i was like no never have in my life wow so like we need to get a baseline for you because we have no nothing about you so i went and got my blood drawn and i was like i can't remember ever getting my blood drawn that's supposed to hurt am i, am I gonna faint like i don't know if i'm good with needles because i never i never go to the doctor i literally have never gone to doctor yeah. in my life i go back get these get these results from my blood test bring them in there and she's like you know normally we have you know really good news for people, really bad news. Like, Hey, you need to do this. We're like, we saw your results. We're like, you are above optimal on every single level of your blood things. Like they're like, what's really crazy is you had no, you had no, didn't know anything about a baseline. So you didn't know like, Hey, you're high in cholesterol. You're low on yeah. this. You need to work this way. Yours are perfect. Yeah. It's like, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Cause like we have 
like athletes who come in here that don't have numbers like you. And I'm like, that's I don't awesome. know how that really is because I just eat mule deer every single day. And well, I work out every single day. That's your answer. So wild that's game, the solution dude. to life is yeah. wild game. And she's like, what do you do? And I was like, I eat wild game. She's like, I don't care what it is. Don't change what you're doing right now because that's you are awesome. a prime specimen. Wow. But so I'm like, it's, it's, above optimal is still not optimal sometimes. Is that a thing? <laughs> that See, a thing? now your baseline set so high, like – I can only go down. You can only go down. I can only go down from there. <laughs> but it was like really good, like just feeling like, okay, I'm 36, never been to the doctor before in my life, and I have like really good numbers, and I'm healthy. And it's like, that's I just want to try to continue that. But yeah, I don't want to overexert it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to blow up my knees. And that's kind of why I quit playing basketball in 2018 because I like yeah. started getting that sciatic nerve thing in my leg. And I was, you know, on the basketball league I was playing, I were playing against ex NBA players. Like there was oh, really wow. people who were like from the Lakers who would come over here in the winter and play basketball. Wow. So like you're getting beat up constantly. Yeah. Like, and I'm a and skinny guy. And so like, like games, is that's where like I feel like more injuries happen because you're like doing stupid stuff. To like and you're playing with such a high level competition that you want to up your level as right. well. So it's like yeah. my dad kept telling me, "Do you want to play basketball or do you want to hunt?" And it's like I'd 100 percent rather hunt my whole life. So yeah. like I need to stop doing that, especially when hunting is kind of my job in a sense. Yeah. What I do now, but so yeah, just yeah. trying to that's make sure awesome, my body dude. is perfectly ready to go for this Tajikistan hunt and yeah. do whatever I can do and prepare Human myself. Weapon, and Brady yes, Brady. yes. <laughs> yeah, I try to figure out my life that's awesome man heck yeah can't wait to hear about that i'm excited for it yeah got to figure out all sorts of extra we gotta do another theory. podcast and hear all about it when you come back i know <laughs> i just want to make sure you know i have enough camera batteries have enough stuff like bring extra bo- you have one of those solar um yeah i got a big anchor solar panel yeah thing those stuff, things yeah. are money dude yeah. That thing charged my batteries like inside my Silex on a cloudy day it is it's remarkable how well a solar panel yeah. actually charges inside a tent yeah I mean, it's come a long way. I had, like, one of the original Goal Zeros. Yeah, the Goal Zeros were that great. It broke in, like, two days. Yeah. The thing sucked. Which one do you guys have now? It's the Anchor. It's, like, the threefold one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's only, like, 70 bucks on Amazon Yeah, or it's pretty cheap. Yeah. It's pretty legit. Nice. Yeah, really I might fun. need to get one of those. It's mm-hmm. Do they make smaller versions then, too? Mm, I don't know. I think that might be the smallest one. I mean, it's only, like, this big. It's actually know. not that big, but... You unfold it to, like, this big, but yep. it's, like, this big. Nice. It's like having just trying to like figure out all that extra little gear I needed to do, you know, try to figure out like when Remy was talking about, oh yeah, bring multiple locks and just keep them in your gun case even. Like what if one of those locks like breaks? TSA locks? Yeah, what if one of those locks breaks and also hit the next airport we're like, hey, you don't have enough locks, like this oh, gun has yeah. to stay here. So it's like thinking all that little extra stuff to keep in your gun case yeah. and just like make sure I have all my paperwork dialed, you know, make sure I have all my, you know. Yeah. And then the guides will probably have like like surplus like canvas stuff and like <laughs> yeah. most in the gun rifles or something yeah here's a flannel yeah. put it on put it on nice oh, that, that's gonna be a cool adventure man so nice. it's like trying to cross off those just adventure bucket lists in your life like you said your sheep on like yeah yeah it's, it's expensive but like i knew the second i went into that country in alaska i was like i have to hunt doll sheep one day mm-hmm. and if you keep saying one day you're gonna wake up one day and it's going to be three times as expensive as it was when you wanted to do it. Yep. You might be fat and old. Exactly. <laughs> they might close the season. Time is against us, boys. <laughs> Time <laughs> is against us. Yeah, It's like you look at what Wyoming just did recently. How they changed the, you know, the 90-10 thing for some yeah. of their, their big five stuff. So it's like all of a sudden a state could change something to instantly make it where you thought you were going to draw in five, ten years. Yeah. And now you're not going to probably did draw Did they actually change it or are they talking about it? I think they might be still talking about it. Yeah, I think yeah. they're. Yeah. 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 I haven't followed it in a little bit. Don't jinx it, Jinx us, dude. Okay. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> Unbelievable. Don't do but that, yeah, Wyoming. It's like, it's like random things like that, you know? It's just like yeah, you, you can never, never complain. Like these bonus points, preference points, random states, like it all of a sudden go away one day and just change everything over mm-hmm. to make it so it's going to be longer. So if you have an opportunity to go now, that's why I always tell people, like, why we keep building points in every state? Burn them every year you can. Like, literally. Yeah. 
I can find big deer in any single unit, just how hard you want it. And like the, how much e-scouting or how much time do you want to sacrifice? Like driving on a Friday night for us, it's a little bit easier. And like right. going scouting for one weekend, coming back at four in the morning. Yeah. Like literally the other day I commented on YouTube, like it must be nice you guys get a hunt for a living. It's like, well, it's kind of that, but like we literally catered our e-scouting around holiday, drive yeah. all night, drive all night back again. I'm super tired that whole entire week, but it was worth it for the amount of intel I gained. Yeah. That short I mean, this is still a legit company. You still have work to do. Still have and, tons of work to do. Um, it's not like a free for all by yeah, any I just Porter. did one Chris Porter. And I, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, like, um, and that's good to hear you say it too. Cause like we were talking before about like Sony people just like, Oh, I can't hunt till I have 10 points or whatever. It's like, no, you can find good opportunity. And I was going to ask you too, like, cause it's encouraging to hear you say that like, um, you, you still find plenty of opportunity just with a rifle. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're, and you're hunting literally last year i no joke had six mule deer tags whoa for rifle i turned a bunch of them back in because wow. yeah. i drew too many but like there's <laughs> so much opportunity out there yeah but this is like it's that opportunity that people are like oh it's it's leftover or it's over the counter for a reason well yeah. that's a hunt i can go on every year and then i'm learning about mule deer every single year yep. where if you're sitting there thinking like you live in virginia you want to go elk hunting someday and so you're waiting 15 years to draw that dream elk tag you finally drew it but you never elk hunted before yeah. You get out there You're setting yourself up for a disservice because you yeah. don't know anything about it. You don't know anything about backpacking. Yeah. You might not know anything about traveling out west because maybe you've never traveled out west. Yeah. So you don't know all that logistic stuff. And it's like, well, me, every single year, I'm learning. I'm gaining knowledge. And that's what I even say, too. Like, I would rather my hunts go a full five days and I take out in the last day than take out in the first day because that's five oh, yeah. more extra days I'm learning about that animal, mm-hmm. figuring out how to hunt them, figuring out about my body, myself, my mental game, my physical game. And then I take that and, yeah. you know extrapolate that to a different hunt later and on. You like, even learn a lot when you don't tag out. I mean, you 100%. actually probably learn yeah. more. Yeah. You learn about everything for like, Oh, I should have East got it this different way or just stood in this differently. Like, yeah, I figure a lot of cool stuff when you extend your hunts. Like, yeah, sure. You can say like you kill on the first day because you did a bunch of scouting before. And like, that's a little bit different story, but if you've never been there before and you're killing the first day. It might've been luck. Yeah. Or I'd rather just grind it out and learn it. And then I learned that spot. I was like, hey, that was a spot I was over the counter. I can go back next year now. Absolutely. And now I know seven days worth of information. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's, that's what's cool about just burning points. Like people yeah. will razz on me too, but oh, Brady's strategy, just burn points all the time. It's like, well, it works. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I literally can put tags in my pocket all the time. Yeah. And like, I know that's probably going to change soon, but like there is so many hunting opportunities out West. Like, yeah, just hunt, just hunt, just hunt, yeah. go hunt. Go Use hunt. go hunt. Like, Damn, go hunting. Like, <laughs> you know, you don't always have to hunt mule deer. You don't have to hunt elk. You like, there's over-the-counter, you know, Barbary sheep in New yeah. Mexico. You can hunt that 365 days a year. Yeah. So or like, instead of waiting 15 years and buying points and licenses for 15 years, like, hunt every year. And then if you want to go on a sick hunt, like, pay somebody and go on a yeah, if you exactly. Want. <laughs> Use all that money you would invest in all these tags, all these hunting licenses, yeah. and maybe put that into some, buy like. Buy a landowner tag or something. Buy a landowner tag or put that in some, like, you know portfolio thing where you're trying to like you know, go sheep stock hunting. market or gain some money or just yeah. whatever you need to do or just go sheep honey or just go sheep honey just <laughs> go <laughs> use podcast no use promo code podcast to go sheep honey <laughs> go sheep honey save some money get we'll some research for yeah. well, or, qu- or quest for 20% yeah. off quest yeah when does Tajikistan get on the map I know right I, mean, I, need those, I did those maps before then <laughs> Have well, to the make nice it, thing too, though, they're gonna have to make a special build for that. All seven continents. You actually can download things. I don't know if we talk about it a lot, but you actually can download satellite maps for everywhere. But you're not gonna have any layers. Oh, really? So I can still like go up in, into Canada oh, cool. right now and download maps. Or if I was gonna go hunt BC or something like nice. that, I can download some of that stuff for offline. But I won't have any layers, roads, trails, public, yeah. private. But still, so I can still use it and drop some waypoints and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Heck yeah. Well, guys, I think I need to get something to eat. I'm pretty hungry. Yeah. We've been going, how long have we been going for? 
How, how long is that on the oh, record? A little over an hour, hour and 20. Nice. Cool. That was solid. That was solid. That was a fun time. Yeah. We went kind of over the, across everything, but I like doing that. It's yeah. a yeah. good in-depth stuff. That's right. Yeah. It's not too often we get experts down here, you know. So we have to pick their brain all the time. I'm not an expert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Definitely oh, yeah. not. I'm just looking forward to hearing you and uh, Lukey Boy do this year. I'm really excited I know, about that. Man, like I can't wait. Before. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun adventure, man. Um, some rugged country. Looking forward to it. I've never – so I'm still pretty green on, like, you know, colder – I mean, dude, Virginia. Like, right. it's not very cold. Yeah. Like, I'm not – I'm kind of worried – I think I have, like, circulation issues on my feet, too. My feet get super cold really easily. So I'm slightly scared of my feet freezing off. But um, actually, Trail gave me the tip of these little down booty guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which oh, you nice. can get in the Go Hunt shop. Use code yes. Quest, save 20%. Trail's got to stop giving out all those <laughs> secrets. Down booties, man. But here, here's here, my though. question, though, before we go. So I have the down booties. Mm-hmm. But then I also went ahead and picked up some of, like, Arctic Shield, the ones that go over your boots. Sell those. They're not good. They're not as good. Like, so boot and over boot is still not as good as just taking your boots off and put the booties on? I think taking your boots off and put the booties on is probably better. Is better? I mean, th- th- I think you're probably good with both of them, depending on what you can pack or whatever. But, like, that way you have two options. Because, like, the other option, you have to take off your boots, and then you're going to set that boot off to the side. That boot's going to get frozen solid. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like keeping so this, the warmth that's already in my already boot, in boot and throwing an insulation layer yeah. in there might be better. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might be good with both I have a test run. And then yeah. let me know because then I might get some Arctic shields. Because <laughs> I, I had some Arctic shield when I, I lived in Montana. can't bring both with me, though. Yeah, and I never actually used them, and I just recently sold them on eBay because I had them for so long. Okay. But, like, I like the down booties because I feel like I'm just psycho and just think it's lighter and I can take my boots off. But then I always am concerned because once I take my booties off and put my real boots back on, they're, they're froze. Yeah. Because I might have been sweating that whole way up to that right. glassing knob. Right. And so it's like trying to find a way to take that boot and then keep it warm, like put it in your backpack yeah. or do something. Well, that's why you just have that Arctic shield. You can just coat that over there while you're wearing your booties or if it's not that cold just put the dark shield over your boots while you're wearing yeah. them so there's i can't justify bringing both two ways though. to skin a cat there i guess yeah i don't know i don't know i'll, I'll pick one and let you know how it goes yeah <laughs> so where, where can people find you at yeah so um you know got uh tiny but trying to grow my youtube channel the hunter's quest or you can search my name hunter mcwaters m-c-w-a-t-e-r-s and um the hunter's quest podcast the hunter's quest.com if you want to check out some of my photography um, the films on the YouTube channel, it's probably buried. Um, it was on the gritty channel too. So it might be better to check it out there. I don't know. But yeah. And then Instagram, the hunter's quest. Nice. Yeah. And you got the promo code. Yeah. What's quest. The promo, quest? Promo, promo code quest. And you get go hunt shop or for insider or outdoor class. Any of those, you get 20% off and it helps support the show. Then I got, pro, I got, you know, codes with other, you know, like Heather's choice and initial ascent and some other guys. Nice. Western fly. Heck yeah. It's good yeah. having you on, man. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, you've guys. been hanging out in Vegas for a couple of days now. Yeah, well, yeah, we got to hang out with you yesterday, yeah. today. So. You're going to see my ugly mug attack, too. I know. I know. Slinging we'll arrows. Days, so. <laughs> cool. I well, appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being on. Yeah.